Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've got a loaded show for you, lots to discuss, beginning with what happened in the World Series Game 6, but also running all the way down to Jacksonville for Georgia-Florida, which I believe is the biggest game in college football or the NFL this weekend. Loaded guest Harry from Against All Odds podcast, as well as Odd Shark will be with us in Hour 1. In Hour 2, we'll be joined by Jeff Schwartz, and in Hour 3, we will talk with Andy Staples from The Athletic. All that and more. It's Outkick the Coverage, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Podcast begins now. Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis, live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Appreciate you guys spending your Wednesday morning with us. And if you spent your Tuesday evening late night with Fox last night, you saw a wild, zany, kooky, just totally off the wall game six, which is wild just off the top because... The Washington Nationals won after winning two in a row on the road in Houston. The Nationals lost three in a row to the Astros in D.C. And then they came back and won again in Houston, making this, I believe they were saying during the broadcast last night, the first time ever in the NHL, in the NBA, or in Major League Baseball that the visiting team has won six straight in a series. So game seven is tonight. Uh, The Houston Astros hosting, trying to win. uh, The Washington Nationals trying to win. Uh, The Astros going for their second title in three years. The Washington Nationals going for their first title ever. 
But all the fireworks last night happened, I believe it was in the seventh inning, with the Washington Nationals clinging to a one-run lead. It appeared that a uh, situation had occurred where a, uh, a, a kind of a swinging bunt almost happened, and uh, a bad throw to first led to runners on second and third with nobody out. I don't know. Do we have the audio, Danny G, of what that call sounded like? It was wild. But after the runners advanced to second and third, the home plate umpire called out the runner uh, who had been trying to get to first and said that he had run outside the base path. And as a result, that runner was out and the previous runner had to go from third all the way back to first, and that set off a cavalcade of absurdity. But here is that call last night if you were not watching live. That's a tough play for Peacock. And safe at first, ball gets away, and the runners will advance to second and third. And now they're going to call the runner out for being inside the line and in the way of the throw. And we're going to get an argument now as... Dave Martinez is furious. Hey, he's right there. Just ask him. That's why the crowd is right reacting there. that way for the why delay. You can see what Trey Turner's saying. Joe Torrey is right here. Just ask Joe him. stick with the call. Sway Turner can't believe it. And like you said, he's going down the line. His last steps I may have overstated earlier with regard to him being on the grass, but for the most part, I mean, you see runners way more inside the line than this. That is Joe Buck during the announcement last night. That is uh, Turner in the dugout if you heard him. Incredible audio there. Uh, as they were talking, uh, we thought down the line to, with the Major League Baseball replay, uh, Joe, Joe Torrey, former Yankees manager, who was there, and Turner was saying, why don't you just ask uh, Joe Torrey? And the result was, later they came back and they said, well, we weren't actually reviewing anything. Uh, the, the truth of the matter is that the Nationals tried to lodge a formal protest about the way that call went down. Now... Uh, a lot of you immediately hopped into the mentions when uh, after the runner was called out at first and a couple of batters later, Rendon, Rendon hit a two-run homer to give a, uh, a lead to the Nationals of three runs. Of course, it would have been theoretically a three-run homer as opposed to a two-run homer if the runners had been left on base. You don't know how that situation would have played out, but the end result was that the Nationals pulled away got the win, won game six, but it was a crazy situation that included during that uh, half inning, uh, the seventh inning stretch, after the Nationals had scored a couple of runs, uh, the their manager came back out and got into a fiery argument, uh, an incident with the uh, Major League Baseball umpires and was thrown out of the game. I don't know if we have audio of him being tossed uh, but certainly we have audio after the game of him talking about that tossing. Look, I don't want to sit here and, and talk about me or the umpires. Or um, This is not about me or the umpires. This is about the Washington National and those guys in the clubhouse coming to game six, playing lights out, uh, knowing that this could be it. Um, and I'm super proud of them. 
Now, the big story outside of the uh, zaniness there was Steven Strasburg came out and dominated, won his fifth different postseason start. Justin Verlander lost to fall to one and four uh, this postseason. And so uh, as we get ready for game seven tonight, which I think will have a pretty massive audience while the officiating controversy and the umpiring controversy gives a, I should say, a lot of, uh, a lot of sizzle to this series and it was totally blown by Major League Baseball, the actual impact of it remains insubstantial because the Nationals went on and won this game regardless. And I think it actually brings in a lot of people, myself included, who were watching kind of casually as fans last night to have more of a vested interest in what happens in Game 7. And also, in the world of sports, there's no better sound than those two words combined Game 7 brings a lot of intensity and excitement by itself, even if you don't particularly care about the Nationals or the Astros or even maybe Major League Baseball overall. It was great theater last night, uh, even if Major League Baseball completely got that call wrong. And it seems like we're living in an era of just officiating awfulness in general, which I think is exacerbated by instant replay because we can see when somebody gets something wrong and our traditional notions of fair play and justice come in uh, to the equation. And many of us watching last night say, how can you watch that, that call? How can you make that call and get it so wrong even if the end result ends up not hurting the Nationals? That could have been the kind of call that cost someone a game, and given the fact that the Astros were trying to close out this series, could have been something that cost a World Series title. Now, I don't know how many of you guys were watching. I'm going to bring in the crew here to discuss what happened last night in Game 6. Riveting television, great theater. I couldn't look away uh, once I put this thing on. And uh, credit to the Nationals for being able to fight back and also for uh, this, does, uh, you forget about Juan Soto uh, hitting the 21-year-old for the Nationals, crushing one into the upper deck in Houston, and carrying his bat down to the first base coach. I mean, there is some uh, there's some bad blood. I think that's always good uh, for the conflict that drives television ratings or drives all uh, sort of ratings in general. Uh, were you watching last night, Danny G? And what did you think? Yeah, I was watching from start to finish on my free trial on PlayStation. Yeah, by the way, we got to mention this. (laughs) Yesterday, if you didn't listen, we had a big discussion about uh, sort of the the, the issues with DirecTV losing 1.3 million subscribers, how many people are cord cutting, how everybody is watching sports, and Danny G went balls to the wall to endorse PlayStation View Uh, Roberto, he's been such a big fan of this uh, service that he got you to sign up for it too. Literally an hour (laughs) at most after we finished the show yesterday, they announced, Sony did, that they were shutting down PlayStation View. So you endorsed this to the high heavens, how awesome it was. Tons of I people were say like all that. I, reaching I, out I to you. I answered your questions about what streaming yeah. service I was using. Everybody was reaching out to you saying like, man, this is great. I need to make sure. How do I get it? And then within yeah, an one, hour of One the show, caller called in and said, how is it? Is it cool? And I talked about the money I would be saving. Now, 
if it is the kiss of death, which you tweeted yesterday, yeah. then go ahead and sound the horns, Roberto, because PlayStation View, which was, the ghost. which was born March 18th, 2015, and died apparently October 29th. 2019. It died on the day that on you On the show it. yesterday, yeah. But, that by was the way, yesterday's date. A, a big story <laughs> here is that the reason why PlayStation View is sh- shutting down... The exact reason why you started the roundtable discussion yesterday. They can't make any money off of it. Yeah, because it's, it's a bundle, and they're saying that all the different channels together are costing them too much money. Which makes you wonder about something like YouTube TV as well. Uh, which is right now being subsidized by Google, which obviously is insanely productive and uh, profitable, even though they didn't have the most the, the greatest recent quarter. But it makes you wonder how viable streaming cable uh, cable satellite competitors really are. If a company like PlayStation View is just throwing up their hands and saying, "Hey, we can't make any money," and the big reason why they couldn't make any money is it's too easy to add and drop um, uh, the, the the service. Right, so if it's it's like being a fantasy football uh, general manager, if you want to have this service for a particular game or for a particular month or even for a particular season, you could sign up for the streaming service, have it for football season, and then cancel and not need it for the rest of the year. And that add and drop and everything else associated with it just made it not a profitable endeavor for a major media company to be following. So you think with YouTube TV, Sling TV, Apple TV, a bunch of these different streaming options, you wonder whether they are ever going to be able to make money, which would make you wonder whether those are ever going to exist long term. But we'll probably talk about this a little bit more. But let's go back to, in the meantime, Major League Baseball. Were you watching last night when all this controversy arose. Oh, I was loving it. And you're right. This is going to bring in casual fans who were not interested up to this point. Yes. In fact, when the Nats were up two to nothing in the series, that's when Jason and Jeff were filling in for you. And they both called it. They're like, it's over. Washington has this. When they talked to me that morning about it, I told them, I said, look, I'm a Dodgers fan. I've seen what the Astros are capable of. All it takes is one game for them to get back into the series exactly what happened on the road and then of course now you're seeing the nationals win on the road again that stat you gave is just six straight road wins that is so insane the first thing i asked roberto is roberto has a team ever won the world series without winning a home game it's got to be no so yeah so the nationals could make history this is just gonna be uh an outrageous finish to this world series and i love that extra added drama with Bregman first hitting that early home run and carrying his back to the first base coach and then of course Soto copying him later in the game I would have been upset if I was the manager too because I didn't see anything egregious on that no it was a totally blown call yeah it surprised me I'm like well maybe I just didn't see it right in real time and then when they showed the replay I'm like no I saw that right in real time that was not interference I don't know what was going on right there you can't make that call in a regular season baseball game where the result really doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things you one billion percent cannot make that call in game six of the world series in a one-run game dub did you watch yeah i was watching and to continue on that call in the seventh inning i don't claim to be some expert on baseball i don't watch a ton in the regular season my attention starts growing in the postseason like most people's but that didn't even make sense to me i mean the guy's just running down the baseline like a normal base runner 
and the ball happened to you it's know, a bad throw. Yeah, it was first a bad of throw. all. Like I mean, there's no reason for the throw to be into his body. It should have been outside of the the base runner's path anyway. And the other crazy thing is. He hit the bag with his right foot. I believe was it his left foot or his, whatever foot. It was he, his left foot. Yeah, with his left foot, which actually even helps him more, right? That that he was not running way outside of the the path or whatever. I mean, anyway, I, it was utterly ridiculous. It was a bad throw, and the Nats should have had runners on second and third. And I guess back in 1985, we had a similar call. That was made that uh, that that blew up things in the, in the World Series in a big way. But the fact that they spent as long as they did looking at this play, trying to talk about whether they could file an official uh, you know complaint, a grievance about the way that the game was uh, under protest, the way that the game was going on uh, for viewers and certainly for fans who were there in Houston, it was sort of an uh, outrageous experience to spend as long as we did. Uh, with the result that we had but it was also great theater right I mean that this to me is maybe a pretty good advertisement for game seven that it made people come in and uh, and take note of the series that maybe a casual fan like me wasn't really that invested in before yeah absolutely and Justin Verlander now 0-6 in seven career World Series starts which seems absolutely impossible to believe uh Strasburg he was pitched he was uh Giving off his pitches again in the first inning, he finally figured that out. In uh, Game 7, man, I love Max Scherzer, watching him work, and I'm glad he's healthy and he's going to be able to be on the rubber for Game 7. It's going to be some must-watch television, no doubt. Yeah, Verlander would come in for the Clayton Kershaw treatment, except that he's already won a World Series, which means that people don't necessarily pay as much attention to how you perform once you got that championship. It's all about whether you've got a championship, and if you don't, People keep track of how you do, uh, but you're right about Verlander and how much attention he'd be getting if the Astros hadn't won the title two years ago. Eddie, what did you think? I, I was glad to see that it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, so it was just something fun to talk about and something interesting to watch and just see how the drama unfolded, but in the end really didn't matter that you know the Nationals were able to win the game anyway, so that was good. And, I mean, who doesn't love a Game 7? I mean, winner take all. It all comes down to one game. Every pitch is magnified. Every moment, you don't know what's going to be the key moment. So, it'll be must-see TV tonight. Good stuff. Roberto, do you blame Danny G for his endorsement of PlayStation View, killing your ability to watch streaming? I saw that. I was like, what? Literally an hour after he endorsed it. Uh, It's all Danny G's fault, man. I don't know what I'm going to do now. uh, (laughs) What if PlayStation View, like an executive, had been listening to our show and at the last minute he decided to keep it just entirely based on how much Danny G loved it? uh, We never would have known. Instead, he decided to ax it. But I knew knew there was something going on because the the price did – it kept going up little by little, and I'm like, okay, some – you know, something's going to – Something's this, not going to work out. Why'd you tell me to go with that instead of YouTube TV then when I was yeah, texting you about it? Yeah, this speaks, by the way, also to how big our audience is, Danny G, that oh, your phone just goodness. completely blew up the minute this announcement comes I up. I thought the network was off the air. When yeah. I blew up, that's how many notifications. When you checked your phone and saw the notifications? Yeah, and then I saw the links, and, and everybody wants to be the first to report something yeah, to you right. on Twitter. Yeah. Or, uh, obviously, it's the biggest I gotcha platform we have out there. Um, one of the funniest comments I saw, too... One of our listeners saying, can't we all just use Dub's parents' logins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to switch to that Dub. I don't know if your parents would mind, 
But instead of switching to YouTube TV, I might just use your parents' login. There you go. Well, look, for, for a small charge of about $2 per user, you can Venmo me, and I'll just dole that thing out like candy. We'll, uh, we'll all be happy. Uh, good stuff, as always. Ter- right. Terrible call there, man. Yes. It's Usually they call that when the guy's like on the grass. He was nowhere near the grass. He touched the back with his left foot. Terrible, terrible judgment called by the umpire. Could have cost the Nationals the game there. But the ball doesn't lie, so Rendon came back and hit that home run. All right, when we uh, come back, I believe we've got Harry – uh, Gagnon out in Vegas. We'll see whether or not I mean, he hasn't emailed me, and it was a late night of Major League Baseball. We'll see whether or not he answers his phone call. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we've got a loaded show for you. Otherwise, uh, Jeff Shorts will join us in hour two. We'll talk with him. His brothers on the offensive line uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. What does he think about Mahomes? Will he be back? Also, relatively muted and quiet NFL trade deadline. Nothing really exciting happened. Uh, by 4 o'clock Eastern that fundamentally alters any of the NFL calculus. Uh, But we will talk about the NFL's upcoming Week 9, which begins tomorrow. Uh, And also, we're going to be joined in Hour 3 by Andy Staples, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now of The Athletic. Uh, He's a former Florida Gator player. Big game in the world of college football. Arguably the biggest game in college football or the NFL this weekend and I don't even think it's that arguable, I think it's beyond a shadow of a doubt, is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Florida and Georgia, playing on Saturday. Uh, We will discuss that game and more with him, as well, some news about name, image, likeness, and college players being able to potentially be paid. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we go out to the desert uh, early this morning with Harry Gagnon. He is with Odd Shark and also with uh, the Against All Odds podcast. Harry, were you watching last night when the Major League Baseball controversy emerged? Oh, yeah, it was wild. Wasn't that great? Oh, that was yeah. something else. Doesn't that make you more likely? So I, my thing is, yes, uh, it was an awful call, but the conflict, uh, the, uh, the, the attention that it's going to get, if you're a casual fan, I think brings you in for Game 7 in a way maybe the earlier games have not. I'm not saying for the guy out there or the girl out there who's a big baseball fan and is already going to be watching. I'm saying a lot of people come into a series for Game 7 and they say, okay, I'll give you three and a half, four hours, three hours, whatever the game ends up lasting because we know whoever wins is the champ. Regardless of the sport, Game 7 brings in a lot more viewers, but I think this controversy also helps. Well, I think it definitely helps. Uh, you know, I, I, I uh, Dave Martinez going wild as he did, you oh, know, yeah. and, and then and then still getting the two on homer by Rendon uh, to expand the lead up to five to two. But in between, uh, you know, while uh, you know, take me after the ball game's being played, he's going nuts on the umps and he gets tossed, and I think that brings uh, the, the players even closer to him, and uh, because he had their back and. With every road team winning, I think that's intriguing too. And it's Game Seven for the World Series, and this is a and a, no one thought the Nationals would do this, uh, and uh, and they're doing it. How that amazing! How good was Strasburg last night? I mean, how clutch! I mean, he was so. Good. I mean, like five and zero in the postseason has never. I don't. I don't believe anybody's ever gone six and zero. I mean, this is as literally as clutch as you can be. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Buck said nobody's gone five and zero in the postseason before. Um, I guess he's three and zero in closing games, uh, seven strikeouts, and like you said, uh, eight and a, eight and a third. I mean, uh, trying to get what he can for this team to make sure they get the win, so they don't have to rely on anybody in their bullpen. Doolittle came in to close it out to get the last two outs. 
I think the series, people, some people have said it's boring. I think the series has been fantastic. Do you, uh, how hard do you think Bryce Harper is rooting for the Houston Astros in Game 7? Oh, I, I tweeted that out. I think I threw you on there. And I threw, yeah, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, like uh, the, the run. I mean, I started this, too, and I'm uh, into odds podcast with Sal, where I did give and predict the, the, uh, the Nationals to win the National League, and now, look at this, they may win the whole thing. And, of course, Bryce Harper's just had to be sitting back and being like I said, I think he's. I think Bryce, Bryce Harper's going to be rooting harder for the Astros than Mattress Mac. Yeah, yeah, Mattress Mac, for people who haven't been uh, following, has got like $20 million now on uh, Game 7, right? The yeah. guy who owns the, uh, the, the mattress supply store uh, down in Houston. By the way, that was uh, yesterday on the Lock It In. That was classic yesterday. You, 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 Todd and Rachel. That was fantastic. While Sal's clapping the whole time, that was great, buddy. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, we were arguing about how much mattress <laughs> Mac is worth and the hedging strategy and everything else. On uh, right, on, I loved it. it was yeah, great. yeah, we had a good time with that one. All right, uh, you have been on a white hot run wow. in yeah. the Golden Nugget contest. Where do you rank right now right. in the Golden Nugget contest? Well, I went six and one last week. Um, very fortunate. I had the Rams as one of my picks at minus uh, minus thirteen. Um, I'm currently tied for third, um, thirty seven eighteen and one against the spread. I'm a half a game out of second and two wins out of first. What do you win if you're like in first place? What is this person guy? What guy? Or I'm assuming it's a guy because most gamblers are. But what does this guy win if he yeah. wins the contest? You know what? They take like a three percent cut. I guess I saw. So that's two hundred seventy-five thousand that's left in the pot. Eleventh um, uh, to twentieth gets you a thousand-dollar entry back. So yeah. now you're like two. So uh, you get forty percent of uh, of probably two hundred sixty-five thousand. Forty um, percent is first place. That's not seconds. that. That doesn't suck. All right. So let's uh-huh. go into the games coming up this week. Yeah. First of all, what do you think for Game Seven? Which side would you take uh, with uh, with Scherzer going to the mound uh, and uh, and obviously the the road team having won six? Who would you rather be on, uh, the Astros or the Nats coming up for Game Seven tonight? Well, you know, I know Granky is not a big time pitcher, but he did really. I mean, for the four and two thirds that he pitched his last outing, he really pitched well and gave the the Astros what they needed. He he got out of some jams. He pitched pretty good. But it by the way, the spread is right now uh, plus one ten on the Nationals. Um, I know Scherzer's had the neck uh, situation, but I think you got to take Scherzer at plus one ten. I'll take him over Granky any day in a big time game. Dave Martinez has his players uh, r- rallying around him. I think you got to go Nationals. Uh, all right, so let's go into uh, college football and the NFL, and I want to start college football anyway with you in the game, I think, of the weekend in terms of the likely significance, which is Georgia-Florida in the cocktail party down in Jacksonville. Uh, I haven't checked this morning yet to see the latest. You may have already looked. I'll pull it up. But uh, Florida was a six-point underdog. In other words, Georgia had surged out to a, a pretty substantial favorite. Uh, I have already bet on Florida. I don't think there's a lot of difference between these two teams. We're going to talk, by the way, with Andy Staples in Hour 3, who has covered this game for a long time as well. How would you assess this matchup in the cocktail party? You know, I think I'm going to leave, I mean, excuse me, Florida as well. Um, I think it's a lot of points here. It's a nice chunk. 
Georgia isn't that good, you know, in terms of passing the ball, uh, Clay. Uh, yeah, their wide receiving Hunt. wide receiving core is been right. very questionable. They can't stretch the field right now with Jake Fromm and any of those guys at receiver. No, nah, they're ranked like 131st in the NCAA in uh, passing yards. Uh, their, uh, their biggest uh, receiver, best receiver, George Pickens, just, oh, just barely over 300 yards. I mean, Kyle Trask has been really solid behind uh, uh, center for the Gators. Um, I think the defense was really good in a couple weeks ago against in an upset win against Auburn. Uh, the Gators are 4-0, 4-1 to get the spread in the last five, and uh, they're 5-1 straight up in the last six in conference games. So six and a half, I know they call this a neutral field. That's fine, you know, uh, for both teams. Uh, but I think it's six and a half points. I don't think Georgia deserves to be given that many, especially after that loss at home against uh, South Carolina. Yeah, it's out to six and a half now. I was just pulling it up right now, which uh, makes you wonder whether you're going to yeah. get to that key number of seven or not, where you would think you would especially have some buyback. Uh, but we will uh, we'll track that one, uh, obviously, which I think is the biggest game. All right, then I'm going to say in the NFL – I think the biggest game is at least the one that most people out there are going to have the most interest in watching. And certainly for me, uh, I want to know what's going to happen with uh, with the Bill Belichick and the Patriots going on the road against the Ravens for the first maybe challenge uh, of the oh, Patriots' oh. schedule so far. Uh, and you've got, I think it's at right around three and a half that the Patriots yeah. are favored here. Yeah. Uh, what to you stands out? You know what? I understand. You know, everyone will be more than likely. People will still be on the Patriots and everything like that. But I'm making a case here. Uh, like you said, plus three and a half for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, somebody has to make the defense, the, 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 the Patriots defense work. Uh, why not let it be Lamar Jackson? Now the Ravens are first in rushing yards. They're second in total overall yards. Baltimore six and one against the spread in the last seven as a dog. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, makes plays. But look, Nick Chubb last week for the Browns ran all over the Patriots. Um, I think Mark Ingram can be able to follow suit and do this. I think the Ravens win this game by a field goal, Clay. Nice stuff. All right, so uh, what other games out there in college in the NFL do you particularly like that you would tell people to uh, to take a gander at? Yeah, you know what? You know, on uh, on on uh, Saturday in college, game day is going to give the American Conference a little bit of a a shot here with the SMU-Memphis game. I got that game going over 71. They get a national stage. Uh, let's see a lot of points in the game like this, uh, Clay. Memphis is running back. Check this out. This guy, Kenny Gainwell, 1,400 total yards. He's got 12 touchdowns. And SMU's running back. This guy, Xavier Jones, 16 total touchdowns. That's uh, 28 total touchdowns between the two running backs. Let's see a lot of points in SMU Memphis. Plus, SMU still undefeated, so over 71. Uh, I'm with you. I've already bet that one as well. What about in the nice. NFL? What do you like the best? Uh, you know what? In the, on Monday night, Dallas plays the Giants. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at the over 48 in this game, too. Uh, I'm looking at this game being uh, a Monday night shootout between Daniel and Dak. Um, Jones had a second four-touchdown game versus Detroit last week. Dak looks like he's back on track after that Eagles game a couple weeks ago. Um, last year, these rivals, when they faced off against each other, 71 points were scored in New York. And in game one this year, the game also went over. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks like he's back to 100%. He had 140 yards last week. Jones and wide receiver Darius Slayton uh, look good together. Um, the Giants on defense are still pretty brutal, though. Uh, they ranked 28th in total yards against, and uh, Dallas is first in the league in total yards. 
six of the Cowboys players last seven games versus the division have gone over after a bye. I think this game's closer than what people think. I think both teams hit in the 30s. I like over 48. Outstanding stuff as always. You can follow uh, Harry, listen to him at Against All Odds, the podcast he does with the Ringer on the Ringer with Cousin Sal. And also you can read him at Odd Shark. You can obviously follow his picks in that Golden Nugget contest if you check him out at AAO Harry. Uh, outstanding stuff as always, my man. Thanks, pal. Awesome. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I will be talking about this game quite a bit, I would imagine, today on Lock It In as well and making gambling picks. I want to bring in the crew uh, and get some ideas on what people think uh, going forward for Game 7. How do you bet on this game? Uh, Houston around a minus 130 favorite uh, to close it out at home, even though the home team has not won yet. Which way would you bet it, Danny G? Who do you think is going to win, the Astros or the Nationals? Well, last night on Twitter, you gave me the short-term kiss of death. I'm going to say I didn't give you the kiss of death. Uh, PlayStation <laughs> View gave you the kiss of death. Uh, well, uh, then I want to ride that bull for the moment. I'm going to say Astros win. In other words, whatever I say, the opposite's going to happen. By well, the way, the the Patriots are also going to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, since you're the kiss of death now. <laughs> what about you? Uh, what about you, Dub? Which way would you bet this? Well, I'm looking at the total right now. It's seven and a half. Yeah. This whole series has gone kind of the opposite of how everyone predicted because going into this, we looked at both pitching staffs and both sets of starting pitches and thought, okay, this is going to be a defensive battle. There's going to be low-scoring games, 2-1, 3-2, those type games. Well, that just hasn't been the case. So seven and a half seems a little low with how this series has gone. So I think my best way to go would to take the over in that because – Picking aside, it's Game Seven. Anything can happen, and I hope it. I hope and I expect it to be another exciting game. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Which way would you go? I'm leaning towards Houston, and I'm just concerned about Max Scherzer's health. I mean, he said two days ago, or what is it, a day ago, he couldn't even lift his arm, and that when we're going to send him out here. In a game it seven winner-take-all situation, I don't begin to understand how this stuff happens, but I guess. This is one of those things where, like, again, I don't understand how it happens, but there are people out there, for instance, with bad backs, and you could wake up and be, like, totally incapacitated with your back, and then suddenly things can get better. I don't begin to understand it, but I'm guessing this is kind of a variation of that. Well, I don't... I don't I, I'm unless not he wakes up I, this morning and suddenly he's in awful shape again. Like, I think that's the, the other question is, why is it guaranteed not to come back when he wakes up this morning? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I That just concerns me, his health. And I, I have no doubt, look, he's a tough guy. He will go out there and give it everything he has. But does he physically have it or not? I, I, I question that. And uh, we'll see maybe Garrett Cole comes quickly uh, you know, out of the bullpen if anything goes wrong for, for Houston. But... I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning Astros here, even though the road teams won every game so far. Is there any way, I know he threw a ton of pitches and everything else, is there any way Strasburg says late in this game, give me the ball, I want to win this series? He's been so good, uh, but in baseball it just never happens, right? I mean, I know relief pitchers can come in and, and go multiple games, but 
you just never see a starter come back in very the next, the next, next day. day usually no. It's yeah, usually yeah. I, I, know, I just wonder whether there's any way that he's going to be like in the eighth inning when they need an out. Um, you know, the bases are loaded or something. He's going to be like, hey, you know, I got this. Put me in. Um, and I, I don't know, but I think there's going to be a lot of drama down the stretch. What about you, uh, Roberto? Which way would you come down on this game? Well, before the series started, I said Nats in seven, so I'm going to go with the Nats. Uh, I'm trusting Scherzer over Granke. I don't trust Granke in a big game. I've seen him with the Dodgers. He choked many times in the playoffs with the Dodgers. And if something happens with something happens with Scherzer, they can still go to Anibal Sanchez right after right after him, who's will be pitching on normal's day rest, and they still have Patrick Corbin. And I, and I didn't think all all the road teams were going to win the series because I thought the Astros were going to win last night. So I think I'm going, I'm going with the Nats here in Game I Seven. I kind of I kind of feel like the Nats is the play too. Now on Lock It In, I took the Nats because this series had been so wacky. Uh, when they were uh, after they lost three straight at home on Monday, you could have gotten the Nats at five to one to win the the series, and obviously now we're close back now to almost even money. So I put a little bit of money on the Nats at five to one to come back, just because I felt like it's been a series of swings. The Nats won eight games in a row in the postseason, uh, beginning with two straight against the Dodgers when they faced elimination. Sorry, Dodger fans. And then they won four straight against the Cardinals. And then they came down to Houston and took two in a row and looked like they were going to just dominate throughout. And now we're all the way to game seven. The The real winners here are Fox executives because they've got to be doing cartwheels over the fact that they get a game seven in a series where they lost out on the Dodgers and they lost out on the Yankees and they lost out on a lot of big-name teams that bring in a big fan base, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who tune in for Game 7 just because, again, uh, especially if it's close uh, in this game and somebody doesn't get out to an early lead and kind of create even more drama. I mean, I'll tell you this, I don't do it very often, but I'm going to take a nap uh, to make sure that I can stay up for the entirety of this game in the event that it's going to be super competitive all the way through. So I've already budgeted in a nap because uh, this game didn't end until – I mean, there's a lot of people on the yeah. way, on the East Coast. I mean, this game didn't end until, what, uh, 11.45 on the East Coast last night? So yeah. for people who are you know national fans, for instance, that are listening to us right now, uh, East Coast baseball fans, I mean, it's a super late night. Uh, before all is said and done, uh, especially if the pitching changes and you know what's going to be going on in Game 7. I mean, literally uh, everything. I feel with the Nasdaq, I felt with the Yankees, and nobody had ever, with the Red Sox, nobody ever came back to tie a Series 3-3 three, three in, in the ALCS. And I'm like, once the Red Sox tied that Series, I knew they were going to win that Series. Yeah. And I kind of feel that with the Nats right now, that they now that they won – the road game, they're going to win finally the last one, and all road teams are going to win the series. Yeah, I mean, win it would the games. be wild at this point to have seven straight road wins. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O-Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Redestine test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com dot com slash sports tire rack dot com the way tire buying should be appreciate you spending your wednesday morning with us uh, if you're just waking up the big story last night 
the Washington Nationals find a way to force a Game 7, overcome one of the worst calls in recent history in Major League Baseball. Uh, manager gets kicked out during the seventh inning stretch. Uh, you have an incredible performance by Steven Strasburg, and as a result, six games, six road teams have won, and Game 7 will be going on tonight. Much to follow there, and uh, probably going to be a lot of excitement uh, associated with that as uh, as we get a Game 7. It's never happened before, by the way, in the NBA, in the NHL, or in Major League Baseball that in a series like this, that the road team would win six straight games, began with two wins for the Nats on the road in Houston. They then dropped three in a row in D.C. Uh, before coming back to Houston and winning game six. And now if that trend line were to continue, the Washington Nationals would win game seven on the road against the Houston Astros. The Astros are a favorite, however, uh, playing at home, a Grinky on the mound for them, and in theory, uh, Scherzer, assuming that he's able to be healthy enough because he got scratched uh, earlier uh, this week, assuming that he's healthy enough, he will be the go, uh, the pitcher for the Washington Nationals. So a lot of fun last night, a lot of zaniness, a lot of wackiness, and hopefully we'll get a good Game 7 going forward. A couple of other stories that are out there. Uh, the NFL trade deadline came and went without any fireworks, nothing substantial. Lots of big names were rumored to potentially be uh, headed uh, elsewhere, including even uh, with the Jets, Jamal Adams. I thought that was an intriguing story, kind of blew up in a big way. He said he didn't want to be traded, and then he was upset that uh, the Jets took calls to consider trading him I mean, that's literally the job of a team and a general manager. I understand a player saying, hey, I want to be here. I don't want to be traded anywhere. But the job of the general manager is to pick up the phone when it rings and somebody is making an offer. Uh, you never know what offers are going to be out there. And as the steward of the team, the general manager and the owner have to do whatever they believe is best in the interest of the team. And sometimes that's trading players who don't want to be traded. So I thought that was kind of a strange story, but it was probably the biggest story that came out of, in any way, the NFL trade deadline. The other big story uh, that is out there that blew up right about time the NFL trade deadline was arriving is that the NCAA has said basically they're open to the idea of players being paid for name, image, and likeness. And I feel like so much of this conversation about college athletes getting paid is just totally missing the point. And I thought maybe we could have a little bit of a conversation about that as we start off hour two. The issue with college athletes being paid is not that you should be paid in college. It's that you should be able to be paid when you want to be paid for going pro and there shouldn't be age restrictions in the NFL or in the NBA. In other words, if you have the talent to be drafted, you should be able to go pro. You shouldn't have to stay in college. Right now, I believe the best system that exists in all of college athletics is baseball. Nobody argues that baseball players need to be paid. You never hear that argument about college baseball players. Why? Because if you want to get paid, you have an outlet to get paid that is easy and works well within the college and the pro system. And if you're not familiar, 
with the way that the system works in baseball. When you graduate from high school at 18 years old, you can be drafted in America into a minor league franchise. Major league team drafts you, you get put in the minor leagues. When you get drafted, you have the right to negotiate with that team about whether or not you immediately want to go pro at 18 years old. Or, and I think this is the perfect system, you have the ability to go to college baseball for three years, continue to develop your talents, and then go back into the draft in three years and go pro then. I don't understand why every sport doesn't have a model similar to this. What's happened is the NFL and the NBA have used college sports as a free minor league. And as a result, people are saying, well, why aren't we paying college athletes? Well, there's plenty of people who consider it to be a great deal to go to college, get an education, and simultaneously be able to work on their craft and hopefully go pro and make a lot of money to play in the NFL or the NBA. But my argument is, why doesn't the NFL and the NBA create a system that is similar to what exists for Major League Baseball and college baseball? And that would be pretty straightforward. It would be this. If you want to go pro, you can go pro at 18 years old. You can go into the draft. You can see where you're going to get drafted. You can negotiate. And if you decide not to go pro, it really works well in the NBA, then you go to college for three years. And maybe we could give a hardship waiver if you decide you need to come out earlier than three years. But otherwise, you go to college or the NBA and you get to negotiate, figure out exactly how much uh, money you're worth and then go to college if you decide to go there. But you stay three years and then you come out and you go pro. I think in college football, the argument is even less so. You should be able to come out and go pro at any year that you want in college football. If you are ready after one year, you should go pro. But I think this is something where the XFL should work with the NFL and say, hey, if there are 18-year-olds who we believe are super talented, but they aren't interested, or 19-year-olds or 20-year-olds or whatever it is in staying in college then we will bring them into the XFL, we'll pay them to play in the XFL, and we're basically a minor league for the NFL, and then when they become age-eligible, they can move on to the NFL. The issue here is many people are not thinking about this in an intelligent fashion. College, regardless of what you end up doing for a living, should be a place where you go to prepare for the living that you will make when you leave college. And if you don't want to go to college, you have that opportunity now not to go. You can go straight to the NBA Development League at 18 years old. I think you should be able to go straight to the NBA, but you can go straight into the NBA DL, whatever it's called now, the G League, is it the G League, whatever the league's called now. You can go into minor leagues in the NBA And you can start making money immediately at 18 years old. Or you can go overseas. we got a guy going to Australia. We've had guys go to Europe, China. You can go to a foreign country and start making money immediately at 18. I think that's a bad move for your overall brand value because the smart way to play this 
is what Zion did. If Zion Williamson had gone pro without going to Duke, he would have made tens of millions of dollars less. He united his brand with Duke basketball, Zion did, and initially people paid attention to him because of the name on the front of his jersey, Duke. And by the end of his career, they were rooting for him based on the name on the back of his jersey. Zion used the Duke brand to create tens of millions of dollars for himself in the future. And I see a lot of this happening now where people are not very smart and they bend over to pick up pennies instead of walking a little bit further down the road and picking up $100 bills. Whatever you make as a college athlete off of name image likeness is going to be a rounding error to what you make as a pro athlete. This is like my argument for people out there like Antonio Brown who decide, oh, I've got to be a brand. I've got to be really active on social media. Business is booming. I got to make sure that I'm active on Instagram. I got to make sure that I'm active on Twitter. And what they don't understand is the only reason you have a brand is because you're good at athletics. Excellence in athletics is your brand. Anybody, nobody's paying attention to Antonio Brown now. The dude's been out of the league for six weeks or whatever the heck it is, and his brand is basically worth nothing. It's because people don't care about Antonio Brown. They care about Antonio Brown, comma, football player. And a lot of athletes don't understand this, and your goal should be to attain excellence in your sport. It's all that matters. If your goal is to make as much money as possible, then going to college can be a great move because it's an advertisement for you going forward. It allows you to create a fan base. And this is what Tim Tebow was saying, uh, but they clipped his uh, statement and I thought made him sound like he was saying something that he was not about athletes getting paid. Tebow is really smart when you think about how did he become a superstar? Well, one, he's excellent at sports, right? I mean, that's the, that's the number one linchpin is you have to be excellent at sports. And so Tim Tebow dominated at the University of Florida. But when you pick a big brand like Florida to go play for, you are creating a huge fan base for yourself on the moment that you sign your name to become a scholarship athlete for Florida. And the big reason why Tim Tebow's brand grew so large was because he was a great and transcendent college player but also because he aligned his brand, his greatness, with another big brand, which was the Florida Gator brand and the SEC uh, brand and the college football brand in general. Nobody would have ever heard of Tim Tebow if he had decided to go play in the XFL at 18 or 19 years old because he wouldn't have been good enough to go to the NFL probably and have a great deal of success. He branded himself through dominating in college, and I think that's what Zion would do and did, and made himself tens of millions of dollars because he made himself a superstar by doing that. And what we are missing in this should college athletes get paid debate is, one, they're not going to get paid much. It's going to be pennies on the dollar. We're literally trying to pick up pennies when there's $100 bills down the road. And we're missing the larger context, which is we argue that college athletes should be paid because the NBA and the NFL doesn't provide an easy conduit to the minor leagues 
like Major League Baseball does. Think about it. Again, if I could wave a magic wand and have the perfect draft system, it would be what exists with Major League Baseball. It's hard to argue that a kid who goes to college in baseball deserves to get paid if he has the opportunity when he's 18 years old to get drafted and negotiate and decide whether it's a better career path for him to go into the minor leagues or to go into baseball in college. And if you choose that career path of going to college in baseball, you are turning down immediate money, which probably is not going to be that much money in the grand scheme of things unless you're really, really a top pick in favor of the idea that you can go to college for three years and develop as a player and be worth more money in three years when you go back into the draft than you were worth at 18 years old. You're gambling on yourself. Why doesn't a similar system exist in the NFL and in college basketball? If it did, this entire story would vanish. So really, the NCAA is getting raked over the coals because the NBA and the NFL do a poor job of developing minor league talent. They're fine once you're good enough to get drafted into their leagues and once you're old enough to get drafted into their leagues, but they don't have the existing minor league system that baseball does. And in fact, they've used college football and college basketball as a free minor leagues because that way they don't have to invest very much money in player development. All they have to do is watch the players develop in college and then go draft the ones that they think are the most ready to become professionals in their league. The NFL and the NBA are getting a free ride, and they are artificially, in my opinion, restricting age by age kids from being able to come into their league and make the money that they should be able to make. So that, to me, is the biggest story about the pay-for-play debate. And by the way, the idea that this is in some way solved or that it's going to be an easy transition and all those things, that's fundamentally not true. There are going to be lawsuits galore over this before all is said and done. Title IX is going to get involved. People are going to be upset because female athletes don't have anywhere near the earnings power in college that male athletes do. There's going to be questions about whether or not a scholarship should be considered income. All these players, if they start to make money, are going to be obligated to start paying taxes. You're going to have major issues associated with what can be endorsed How do you handle a conflict, for instance, uh, with a shoe company? uh, uh, Say a school is Nike and a kid gets a deal with Adidas or with Reebok. What do you do about endorsement money from places that, frankly, colleges don't want to have anything to do with? You obviously can't have gambling, liquor, beer, strip clubs, pornography. There are all sorts of uh, issues associated with name image likeness where The schools are going to have to be involved. This is not going to be as simple or easygoing as many would assume it would. And again, the big issue that doesn't get brought to bear or discussed in any way is that the flaw here is in the NFL and the NBA in artificially restricting, based on age, guys from going pro into their league in a way that Major League Baseball does not. What should happen is every sport, should have the same rules as Major League Baseball. If you want to go and become a professional at 18 years old, boom, go do it. You have that right. You can negotiate that right. If you don't, if you believe college is better for your overall development as an athlete and also as an individual and as a a kid in school, then you have that right too. 
I, I just think it's a no-brainer, and I don't think we talk about the larger complexities here enough when people get lined up and just scream at each other about whether or not people should get paid. Look, I think everybody should get paid. I'm a capitalist. I want as much money to be made as possible, but these college athletes are not going to make that much money. It's going to be pennies. They should be focusing on $100 bills at the end of the path instead of pennies along the way. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I'm having some fun on this. Have you read all this stuff yet, Danny G? We're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show because I'm catching up on everything. But last night, a uh, story. We may have another general manager who has been using a burner Twitter account. Uh, The latest allegation is that Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM Jason Light has been like just zealously defending Jameis Winston everywhere all over the internet. Um, And... uh, (laughs) This actually doesn't surprise me because there are people all the time, like it's the same accounts. There's like two or three accounts. Maybe he's got multiple burner accounts that defend Jameis Winston to the high heavens. He heard OutKick a couple mornings ago and he started another burner because he heard you talking about Jameis. I mean, I'm not kidding about this. Like there have been like just people who will, Jameis Winston has turned the ball over 10 times in the last two weeks, right? Uh, the Bucks are so committed to Jameis Winston that they basically don't even have a backup, right? Jameis Winston has thrown 12 interceptions. He has fumbled the ball eight times. He has potentially 20 turnovers to his name through seven weeks. I mean, he is atrocious. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM, Jason Light, and maybe Bruce Arians now, whoever it is, have basically committed their entire career to the idea that Jameis Winston is a franchise quarterback in the NFL. He isn't. Anybody who has ever watched knows that he is not. Now, he may have the greatest wide receiver in the NFL, and that's not hyperbole. I I legitimately believe that Mike Evans may be the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I would love to see what Mike Evans could do with a legitimately good quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'd like to see what Aaron Rodgers could do with a big-time wide receiving core at, at all, to be honest. He's got nine touchdowns the last two weeks, and he barely has anybody to throw to at all. What could he do with Patrick Mahomes? What could he do with Russell Wilson? What could he do with Drew Brees? Like, all those things, I would love to see what Mike Evans would be capable of. But I'm in the process of reading all of this discussion about uh, uh, the uh, the Bucks having an the number of people, by the way, like whether it's Kevin Durant, whether it was the president of the the uh, the 76ers, these are just people we know about that have gotten caught with burner accounts defending themselves uh, in public. Makes me wonder. I mean, I'm I, maybe I'm too much too uh, too much of a narcissist to have a fake account because whatever I say, I want to get all the attention for. But I feel like I might be the only person who's a prominent person in media who doesn't have a burner account. 
Who has the time to juggle more than one Twitter account? I don't know. We have problems keeping up with our notifications just from our own Twitter oh, I, account. I barely read my mentions, but every now and then there have been people who tweet me, and I'm like, I feel like this is – like uh, Mitt Romney, by the way, had a burner account. Uh, Senator. Like, I mean, so it's crazy that you would feel the need, if you are a public figure, not to use your real account to defend yourself or your perspective, but to create a burner account to defend yourself. And so this guy has got like a Jameis Winston truther account that he runs where it's basically arguing that Jameis Winston, which is really ridiculously funny, is actually a great quarterback in the NFL. It's sad. It's pathetic. And it could end up costing a dude his job before all is said and done because it makes him look sad and pathetic. We'll ask this with uh, with our guy Jeff Schwartz. Let me go ahead and bring in Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, I want to start with this question because I think this is going to blow up today. Have you seen this story about the Tampa Bay Buccaneer GM being an anonymous Jameis Winston uh, troll supporter, like obsessively on Twitter? So I'm sitting in uh, the carpool line. I drop my kids off. I'm listening to the show, and I saw you. Uh, I heard you talk about it, so I pulled it up on my phone, and I haven't been able to read the whole look what the evidence is yet. But um, I, I would say that this happens more often than we think. I have a great example for why I think that a lot of NFL personnel have burner accounts. Well, one is they all know what everyone tweets, which either either they're following it themselves or someone tells them. Like I had a general manager call me this offseason because I was too harsh on his quarterback, and he said he doesn't have a Twitter but that his PR person like brought my tweets to him. So they, they read it all. They know it's all out there, whether they do it themselves or whether or not. But we saw this weekend on Saturday. Do you remember that Lincoln Riley ran that, that, uh, that wide receiver screen flea flicker thing, right? And the next day, it, Kingsbury ran one. Sean McVay ran one. I believe another team ran one. There's, there's no question in my mind that they saw this happen on social media and like, it was in the top of their minds to run a flea flicker the next day. Like they, all, they, all, they all follow this stuff. They all do, especially the, uh, the young coaches, and I think they all have burner accounts. I mean, how crazy is it to have a burner account in general? If you're, like, I don't even, I, I would love to talk with somebody to try to get the psychology behind the idea of having a burner account because Kevin Durant had a burner account. The GM or whatever it was, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers, I was just saying, in politics, uh, Mitt Romney just admitted to having a burner account. What is the psychology? But, like, I don't need a burner account, I guess, because I say exactly what I think every day, all day long. That's the problem. Uh, so, I don't – I mean, it would kind of defeat the purpose to have a burner account. But are there really that many people who don't feel like they can say what they think and yet they're so compelled to say what they think that they create an account which no one follows – and which has almost no audience, just is that like a psychological health thing for them? Like, I, I mean, I feel like we need a psychiatrist. Well, look, a lot of people are not in a position like you and I are in where we can just say what we want and people either applaud us for it, they hate us for it, whatever the reason is, we're in a position where we can do that, right? That's, that's our brand, that's what we do. But I understand if a general manager, you know, can't be blasting fans to disagree with, with his philosophy on building a team. But I will say that I think that the, them answering people randomly is really a waste of time. I mean, they don't understand, I guess, Twitter, right? Like, you're not often going to convince people to change their mind on social media. 
And that's why I've moved to just telling people they're wrong and like ending the conversation because there, there, there's no discussion to be had, right? No one actually wants to have a discussion. They want to yell and be angry. So trying to convince someone of something otherwise is not helpful on Twitter. And so I don't know why people feel the need to answer random people uh, if you're a general yeah, manager. It's, it's, well, that, that it, is, is it's, it's so well said. Like That's why I don't really get involved in arguments on Twitter. Uh at all, other than just kind of to make fun of dumb people. But Correct. no one ever, like, has a discussion on Twitter. And first of all, it's 180 characters at a time or 280 or whatever the heck it is. So it's not like you're really having an in-depth conversation. But I get tagged all the time in people's disputes on Twitter, right? Like, where they're arguing back and forth and I just happen to be kind of a bystander, which happens a lot in the comments. Oh, I uh, hate that. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's why I don't really spend that much time reading my mentions uh, these days or even kind of responding very often. But you're not like it, the the argument is, and it was a good one that Jamie Horowitz like uh, like put out there. And, and and it's one that I think is instructive for a lot of people. It's fine to share your opinion, right? Share your opinion, whatever it is. The idea that you're going to convince someone else on social media who has an anonymous account that your opinion is right and their opinion is wrong is almost zero, right? Like people get so uh, like backed up against each other that it doesn't really matter, you know, what the argument is. It eventually turns into descends into absurdity. Uh, but the the idea is for somebody like me, hey, I'm going to use Twitter as a megaphone, right? I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, which is the same way that I do on radio which is the same way that I do on TV. But it's kind of pathetic if I'm going to Twitter to try to find out what people think about me, right? Like, it's like, whatever. Uh, and the analogy was, you don't walk up to people on the street, and, th- and I'm giving credit to Jamie Horowitz for this, who now is the number two guy at zone. But he was saying, you don't walk up to random people on the street and tell them your opinion and then say, hey, what do you think of it? Uh, what do you think of me? Do you like me? What do you like? It's insanely pathetic. And once you think of it that way, it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't read comments and never have uh, to the articles that I write on the internet. Like, I write a couple of thousand words to give you my opinion. And then if people really feel the need to weigh in underneath, they have the right to do that. But it's crazy to me that you would be a GM like, like this guy is, this Jason Light, who I don't know, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston is clearly a bust, right? And this yeah. guy is delusional and doesn't believe that he's a bust. He's defending him to the ends of the earth. He's making excuses for him. The dude has turned the ball over 10 times. And I have noticed this too. I think there are people in Tampa Bay who who maybe this is the same guy running multiple accounts, but there are people that will respond and defend Jameis and I always, like, there's a couple times I've been like, thanks for that, Jameis. Like, it's clearly, like, just almost, like, <laughs> bought tweet, right? Like, hey, that was an awful, you know, like, game for Jameis Winston. Somebody will be like, well, actually, the, you know, the slot receiver was supposed to run the go route there. And instead, it's like, it's so insanely d- d- exp- exp- explicative of what exactly yeah. is going on that I'm like, who is breaking down film and climbing into my comments and trying to defend Jameis Winston. It doesn't really happen for other athletes the same way. And I'm like, I think that there is a uh, a group of guys, maybe the following this GM's lead, who have been like trying to influence public opinion 
by being insanely pro Jameis Winston. A, a deep state conspiracy to yes. to pump Jameis Winston up on on a, on the on the social media accounts. Yes, Look, I, I I think that the number one thing that we have to realize is and it's really hard to realize because one social media a lot you you realize this I do is that Twitter is not real life, right? Yes. And there's a small mi- minority of people, and I, I, I don't know, the article came out like a year ago, right? Like, it ends up being 2% of the country is, like, the most vocal on social media. Yes. Right? It's not real life, and it's something that I learned. I don't tweet about politics anymore because there's no point. Like, my thought about politics, no one gives, no one cares. I mean, they might care, but I'm not convincing anyone else of, of anything. And, you know, if you're a general manager... You're not going to convince someone who doesn't like Jameis Winston to all of a sudden like him because you sent out a tweet about his passer rating on third down. Like, nobody cares. And so that thing is, like, you have to realize, and this is why, you know, I get people often accuse me of, like, attacking, you know, people that are trolls. I'm like, yeah, because they're stupid, first of all, and because other people have asked me the same thing. But I don't get, you don't get an intelligent conversation on Twitter anymore. It's gone. The people that like you don't send you tweets. They just like your comments. Like, they move on, they move on their day. And so um, – it's becoming a bad place, but it's good for business. I mean, I, I, I like being on there for business. I mean, look, look at the trade deadline yesterday. No trades got made, and it was like the most fun I've had on Twitter in an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams, Trent, Trent Williams. Is, is this guy going here? That guy, like, it's fun when those instances. It's fun last night when literally every single person is bashing Major League Baseball for once and not the NFL for yeah. officiating. So. It was nice to like have those. There's some nice moments, but people, people, it's not real life. Like it's not real life. You just, just, just know that. Can you uh, come back with us to close out the hour? Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll call you back because uh, I want right. to dive into some of those NFL trade deadline questions, in particular uh, the fallout uh, from no trades happening, but yet players being upset that their names were bandied about. I'm also going to finish watching the video uh, exposing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM, it appears. I just tweeted out the video myself for having a burner account that obsessively defends Jameis Winston all over the internet. Uh, We're going to talk about that and more. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I, I can't get over this Bucks GM allegation around Jameis Winston. I'm reading about it during the commercial break. If it's not the Bucks GM, it is his twin personal assistant who he's got running an account defending Jameis Winston. Doesn't this make sense, uh, Jeff, that if you've wondered, like, why in the world do the Bucks keep trotting Jameis Winston out there even though he's turned the ball over like he has 10 times in the last two weeks, they have no backup for him right now. It's because there's a delusional belief that has taken root in the Tampa Bay franchise that Jameis is something that he's not. And this actually just all kind of ties together, doesn't it? Like, I wish I had somebody defending me as hard uh, as as the Jameis Winston uh, the support staff is defending him in Tampa Bay. Well, I... I think that when you invest a first-round pick, first overall pick in a quarterback, you're going to hope that he can overcome it. And there are times when you know, he throws the ball to Mike Evans, and, and it's a great throw. And you're like, why can't he do this all the time? Yeah. But now we've seen through many coaches, through now, what, four years, five years, that this is who he is. He's going to be a turnover machine. And I think they're just hoping that he can break out of it at some point, right? Like, like, like there's a tipping, you know, tipping point where all of a sudden he's not – a turnover machine, but that doesn't seem very likely, right? I mean, when is that going to happen? There's only eight games left 
in the season now. In and his fifth year. And, and, and it, hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. And so they're holding on hope. Um, but really what they should do is go full tank mode and try to get themselves a draft pick this year. I mean, we're, we're seeing the Bengals decide, hey, screw it, we're going to start tanking. I mean, that, that's what they should have done. I saw a tweet yesterday by, it was Kevin Clark of the Ringer, who said that basically the Dolphins knew all along they were bad. Yeah. And now a bunch of, a bunch of general managers are figuring out, you know, this week. So they should just go full tank. But, look, they got screwed, though. I mean, they, they should have won that game if you – Account for the, um, the you know the, the fumble that was called uh, that was ruled uh, uh, yeah field, so so I want to go into you mentioned the NFL trade deadline uh, when you saw like players upset I saw you defending the GMs and stuff like that. I don't understand what people are expecting uh, that that people should say like you can say I understand you don't want to be traded but if somebody calls you offering something for one of your players. Your job as the GM is to talk to them about the value of your player, right? I mean, this is crazy to me that people are criticizing the Jets here. I feel like I'm the only ex-player who like stands up a little bit for like business and like how things are done. Like, I don't understand. To your point, Jamal Adams went up to the Jets and I want to stay here. Yes, great, but like that's not okay. Like you're an employee of the Jets. If they decide they want to trade you, that's their choice to do. I don't understand now. I might disagree with the Jets' decision to trade him, but the process of doing so was, is within their right to do as, 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 you know, as your boss, essentially, right? Like, I don't understand the big issue here. He said he, he, said he wanted to stay. They're like, look, we'll see what value you have on the open market. And he ended up staying. So what's the, what's the issue? Like, yeah, like, look, here, here's, here's my thing. <laughs> my house is not for sale, right? I am very happy living in my home now. I don't plan on selling it anytime soon. If somebody knocked on my door and offered me $500,000 more than what I think my house is worth, I would sell it, right? And that, to me, is what you're doing if you're the GM and you have a value. You like a player. You would enjoy and expect to have him for years to come. But if somebody else, for some reason, drastically overvalues that player relative to what you think his market value is – I would trade him in a heartbeat. And I'm saying that I'm using my home as an example because people tend to think, you know, like your home matters a great deal to you. It has a primacy in our law and everything else. But if somebody offered me $500,000 more than my home is worth, I would sell this home and go buy a new one. It's funny, in Charlotte, just like Nashville, the market's booming right now. I'll get calls from realtors like, hey, you want to sell your house? I'll tell them a billion dollars more than what it's worth just because I don't want to sell. But if Yeah, I got a call the other day. I've got my place. A million dollars more. Okay, I've got my it. place down in Florida. I got a call. Somebody <laughs> said, "Hey, are you interested in selling your place?" I'm like, "It's not for sale, but you can make me an offer, and I'll think about it." Like, and that's kind of what the GM's job is. And so, okay, I wanted to ask you that, and then I want to also we haven't asked you this. Your brother is on the Chiefs. Obviously, yeah. Patrick Mahomes is there. What are you hearing? What do you think about Mahomes' health? Well, I, I I hope he doesn't play this week um, against the Vikings. I'll tell you why. You know, it's obviously more important to have him down the stretch. And you look at the back half of the schedule after they play uh, the Vikings. It's the t- they're at Tennessee. Yep. They're in they're in Mexico to play the Chargers, and then it's like you know the Raiders, the Chargers again, the Broncos. They're at the Bears, um, and then they have the Bank. Like they they have a they schedule. They should win all seven games yep. down the stretch. So the goal is having Pat Mahomes healthy. And I understand if you lose this weekend. You're definitely out of out of a one seed. You might be out of a two seed, but I'm not very high on the Ravens. The Ravens' schedule is really tough down the stretch, too. So I would say let him rest one more week and then get him healthy for the for the stretch. 
you know, the the, the the back half of the track. Don't worry about wins and losses right now. You'll be fine. You're going to um, win your division. Correct. And you're right. But you want, you know, you want to buy, obviously. Yeah, but and, yeah, so, and, and totally I understand that. But ultimately, the goal is to win the division. You get to correct. play a home playoff game. If he's healthy, that matters more than anything else. Correct. His health does. And, you know, and they're the only team that can go to New England and win in New England anyway. So, yep. you know, all the stuff about the Colts and Texas, the, the Patriots fear one team. The Chiefs, that's it. They don't fear the Colts. They don't fear the Texans. They don't fear the Ravens, who I think are going to beat this weekend. They fear the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will have to play them probably a week early if they're a four seed. Um, so we should see if that happens in the past. But just worry about him getting healthy. Do not rush him back, in my opinion. You know, Matt Moore was fine. Fine for a backup. Your defense was kind of, you know, kind of let you down there. you got to hope that Cousins has a poor game this weekend, for some turnovers. I think you let him rest. I don't know what they're thinking. Mitch, I, Mitch wouldn't even know anyways. Um, but I would just I'd let him rest one more week, get back healthy, and go out and win the division. Outstanding stuff as always. Jeff Schwartz joining us as he does every single Wednesday. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Andy Staples with us now. You can find him on Twitter. I believe it's, uh, well, I'll ask him what his Twitter handle is in a sec. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and bring in Andy Staples. Uh, Andy, you buy into uh, Georgia-Florida as the biggest game of the weekend, college or pro. I think it is. And I guess the second part of that, are you surprised that this line is Georgia almost a touchdown favorite based on what we've seen from these two teams going into the bye week? Well, it, I, I do buy it being the biggest game just because it feels like there's immediate stakes. I mean, yeah. until Missouri fell off the table, you were like, okay, whoever wins this game still has to beat Missouri, and that could be very tough. But now that Missouri's lost to Vandy and Kentucky in consecutive weeks, you're like, eh, I think the, the winner of this game is probably going to handle Missouri. Now, the line, I, it's, it's interesting because I know Vegas loves history. I know recent history says that, that Georgia's been better in this game, but – this is a this is the first time in a while where it feels like if Florida plays well and if Georgia plays really well, Florida can still win the game. You know, before it felt like Georgia needed to play a bad game for Florida to win. I don't think it's that way right now. Uh, we're talking to Andy Staples at Andy underscore Staples is the Twitter handle. You can find him there. Uh, I, I agree with you on that breakdown in general, and I've been saying for years that the Florida Georgia game is one that everybody should have on their bucket list. Uh, and but I, when I watch this game, and I've watched Florida play every game so far this year, I'm curious if you agree with me. You're close to the program. You've obviously watched them a, a lot more than I have. I don't understand how Kyle Trask is not better than Felipe Franks. What am I missing, or do you agree with me that based on the way Kyle Trask is playing right now, he gives the Gators a better opportunity, even if Felipe Franks hadn't gotten injured? No, I think it's pretty clear that he is, but the thing is they hadn't seen that in a game to that point. And in practice, you see what you see. You remember the quarterbacks aren't live. It doesn't always look the same. And Felipe Franks has this huge skill set, big arm. He's a great athlete. And so you didn't know what Kyle Trask was going to be until you had to use him in crunch time against Kentucky. And then you saw, wait a second, this guy might have something special. 
Now, the thing with Kyle Trask is interesting is he didn't even start in high school because he was behind Derek King at Manville High in Texas. So there's not even any film, really, of him in crunch time in high school playing. So a lot of it was you just don't know until the person gets in that situation. Well, it turns out he's great in that situation. When you look at the SEC in general, do you buy that there is much of a gap between Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida in the East? In other words, one of these two teams, like you said, barring something crazy happening with Missouri suddenly becoming great, which still has to play both these teams, uh, it's likely that that they will one of them will be in the SEC championship game. How much of a gap do you think there is between the top of the East and the top of the West this year? So before the season, I said the gap was much closer in the West than it is in the East. And I was wrong on that. It, it is, I was right about it being close in the West. It's closer in the West than it has been, oh gosh, I, maybe since 2010. But in the East, I think it's razor thin. I, you know, you, you go to the beginning of the season, I was thinking Georgia by a fairly wide margin because they've got that offensive line, they've got Jake Fromm, they're deeper on the defensive front. But the offensive line hasn't played as well as we thought they would. Their receivers have not been very good, and and we knew that was going to be an issue because they lost so much there. And Florida has just been so much better than we expected. You know, part of it was we we knew Florida would be pretty good on defense, but were they deep enough to handle some injuries? Well, they've played through some injuries. And then their offensive line was a big question mark. And there have been times where it hasn't been great. I mean, the Auburn game, Derek Brown dominated. But guess what? They also popped LeMichael Pirine for an 88-yard touchdown on the, in that game, too. So they've been able to play through some of the things that were supposed to be deficiencies. When you look at, uh, at Kirby Smart and you compare him with Mark Richt, uh, their records are nearly identical through three-and-a-half or three-and-two-thirds of a season. Uh, is there reason to believe that Kirby Smart has more in common with Mark Richt. And look, I'm not saying Mark Richt was a bad guy in any stretch of the imagination in terms of his coaching success, but there seems to be, uh, coming into this season certainly, this idea that Kirby Smart was going to be more Nick Saban than he was Mark Richt. How would you assess right now the Georgia program as they sit, uh, as they prepare to finish out November? Is Kirby Smart, in your mind, more similar to Mark Richt or more similar to Nick Saban? Well, it's funny because this is my favorite misleading stat of 2019. You guys remember that Mark Richt was amazing yeah. early in his career at Georgia. When people say, oh, he's just like Mark Richt, they're thinking he's like 2010 Mark Richt or, or 2016 Mark Richt putting Fatan Balta in against Florida. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Mark Richt being dominant with David Green at quarterback and David Pollock at defensive end. So th- that comparison actually looks good on Kirby, but th- the thing Kirby's got to do is figure out his game management strategy, and-, and a lot of that is reps. You know, we talk about comparing him with Nick Saban. Well, at this point in Nick Saban's head coaching career, he'd been head coach at Toledo for a year, and he'd been head coach at Michigan State for three years. We weren't even following him. We weren't paying attention we didn't pay attention to him until he beat Ohio State when he wasn't supposed to. So we're giving, you know, Kirby walked into this situation where they had really good players and he could get really good players. And we assumed he'd be Nick Saban overnight. 
But Nick Saban didn't even become Nick Saban overnight. But Kirby does need to figure out, uh, one, offensive philosophy, and two, how aggressive do you want to be in terms of calling stuff during the game, tempo, pacing, all that stuff. Saban has that down. Kirby's got to figure it out. We're talking to Andy Staples at Andy underscore Staples. You can read him at The Athletic. Um, I am stunned by Jake Fromm's regression over the last two weeks now uh, that he's played. Uh, certainly you can point to the rain in the game against Kentucky and say, okay, well, that may be factored in as well. But the three turnovers, and they weren't all his fault. I know you got the tip ball in overtime that got picked off uh, and, and all of those associated values. But the idea that Georgia would not have a downfield passing threat at all, what's going on here with the Georgia offense? Is it Jim Chaney moving? Is it Jake Fromm maybe just not being as good as we anticipated he might be? Is it the wide receiver lack of experience and depth? Is it all of those things combined? What would you attribute the Georgia offensive malaise to? I think a lot of it is the receiver issue. They, they lost their top seven pass catchers, and that's hard to replace. They got Lawrence Cager as a grad transfer from Miami, so they have some experience there, but most of those guys have not developed yet. And the one position where I think it's really showing is tight end. Isaac Nauta was Jake Fromm's security blanket. If, if things were going wrong, he could always look to Isaac Nauta. And he doesn't seem as confident in his tight ends this year to, to go to them. So I, I think that's some of it. I think some of it is the running game's interesting. It, it feels like they have the talent to bounce it outside a little more often, but they, they're insistent on running between the tackles to, to, I guess, to prove a point. Now, what's interesting about that is, the bouncing outside part probably doesn't work so well against the team like Florida. So you are going to need to really run it between the tackles. But it, it will be incumbent upon Jake Fromm to have a good game. Now, he's had a bad game, one bad game, each of his first two seasons in college. It was at Auburn his freshman year. It was at LSU last year. And then he never had another bad game. So maybe he's had his bad game for the year. Maybe South Carolina was his bad game. As far as Kentucky goes, I mean, it was raining sideways. Nobody was going to be able to throw the ball that night. Uh, all right, let's go into big-name coaches that, uh, or at least big programs that hired coaches all in their second year now. Willie Taggart at Florida State, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, you got uh, Scott Frost at Nebraska, and Chip Kelly at UCLA. All of those guys go into big programs and have not had immediate success, certainly at a minimum, to say about them. How would you assess where those guys stand as they enter into November in year two? Do you expect everybody to be in great shape for year three, or are any of these guys wobbly as they head into year three? I think Willie Taggart has to beat Miami and Boston College. If he doesn't beat, if he loses both those games and they don't make a bowl game, they're in a situation where you know, they've got this big buyout. I think it's $17 million, and then obviously it probably goes at about 20 when you buy out the rest of the staff. But they are losing so much money on ticket sales. Their crowds are so bad that they can't afford anything that costs them more ticket buyers. Cause, because you don't just lose tickets. That's not the only revenue you lose. You lose parking. You lose the donations required to buy the tickets. So it would be almost more expensive to keep them if he doesn't make a ball game. Now, if he beats Miami this weekend, 
they're going to make a bowl game. So then, then it's not an issue. But they've got to beat Miami. If they don't beat Miami, they've got to beat Boston College. So that's the only one where I worry about he might not make it. I think Chad Morris at Arkansas is not going to make it, but he's not one of the ones you asked me about. What is Arkansas? Yeah, I was going to ask you about him next. What do you think Arkansas is going to do? Uh, because I think Chad Morris is going to start off 0-16 if he gets fired maybe before the end of the year. What in the world do they do? He's got a decent buyout. And what is Arkansas's job? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good talent there. Where Clay, do they go? Clay, this is a Mike Leach job. You think? This is a job for Mike Leach. You put him in the most remote outpost in a league, and you let him go to work. This is perfect for Mike Leach. Now, Fayetteville is nicer than Lubbock or Pullman. Yes. But it is still the hardest place to recruit to in the SEC. Mike Leach does not need five-star recruits to win. Now, he may not get it rolling immediately, just like go back to Washington State. It took him a little while. But he can win with the right quarterback and the right set of receivers and the right defensive coordinator. He can win more than you should at the place he's at. That's the kind of thing Arkansas needs to be doing. I love that hire. I absolutely love that hire. If you were right now, so let's take uh, Chad Morris out of the equation. What happens with Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State? You know, I, I think it would be if – so if I – Rutgers is sort of the, the linchpin in all this. If I'm Rutgers, I call Greg Schiano, make him say no. If he doesn't want the job, then I call Joe Moorhead because I think Joe Moorhead would work at Rutgers. And I think he could recruit there. He could get some players from New Jersey to stay. Now, obviously, Michigan and Notre Dame are going to get theirs, and Ohio State's going to get theirs. But he could get some good players to stay and, and make them more respectable. But it's not a good fit with him at Mississippi State. So if he could take that Rutgers job, it's sort of like when Tubby Smith left Kentucky to go to Minnesota. Get out, get out ahead of the posse, and then let Mississippi State hire someone who's maybe a better fit. Now, here's the thing about Mississippi State. We were talking about Dan Mullen in Florida earlier. Dan Mullen made it look too easy to win at Mississippi State. Right. Dan Mullen's apparently a really good coach because it's not easy to win at Mississippi State. So to expect what Dan Mullen was doing is probably expecting a little too much, but you should expect more than what Joe Moorhead's doing. Uh, Last question for you and kind of quick. What happens with Urban Meyer? I don't know. I think that that was going to depend on him on that day, and we'll find out. I, I don't know that you want to sign up for the way that Florida ended and the way that Ohio State ended. The, the health issues he has and the pressure that, that the USC job brings, that same stuff's probably all going to happen. I don't know that I'd willingly sign up for that. Good stuff, as always. Follow him on Twitter. Thank you for coming on at Andy underscore Staples. Enjoy Georgia, Florida this weekend, my man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the damn refrigerator. Eating up all the food. All the chicken. All the pig feet. You ate my dinner. My mashed potatoes, that good old gravy I like, and biscuits I can stop that gravy in. You ate all it up. You drink up all the milk, don't care what kind of milk it is, 
You don't care. 2%, 3%, buttermilk, pat milk. Hold a cow in a pat milk can. I bet you eat that too. Oh, man. Rest in peace. That's John Witherspoon died. Uh, very iconic for many of those uh, Friday movies. Clips. Yeah. He was in a uh, couple of movies with Eddie Murphy. He was famous for saying, you got to coordinate. Great actor. Sad that he passed yesterday. Put hot sauce on my burrito, baby. Uh, we are in the Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Uh, final segment, Wednesday edition of the show. We'll open tomorrow. I'd be stunned if we don't uh, with Game 7 of the World Series. Uh, but we talked some about this ridiculous scandal potentially involving uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks GM or people close to him or people close to Jameis Winston who have obsessively been defending Jameis Winston. There's lots of absurdity out there to follow. Uh, maybe another burner account story. Uh, you can go check out my Twitter feed, read that if you would like to, uh, surrounding that, uh, at Clay Travis on Twitter. But Game 7 going on tonight. I'm going to go with the Nats getting the win for a seventh straight road team victory, something we've never seen before in the NBA, in the NHL, or in Major League Baseball. I think the Nats get it done with Scherzer tonight, uh, win another game in Houston, their fourth in the series, uh, and uh, we get an exciting and I hope for competitive Game 7 here uh, in Major League Baseball tonight. What side of the equation are you coming down on, Danny G? When this series started, Roberto and I both took the Nats in seven. So we were both losing out on PlayStation View, but hopefully we're both going to be big winners tomorrow. For people who don't know the PlayStation View reference there, <laughs> we talked about it earlier in the show, but yesterday we were talking about how we consumed sports and Danny G went on a long soliloquy about how great PlayStation View was. He convinced Roberto to sign up for no, it. No, Roberto convinced me to sign up. Oh, it well, is great, though. Vice great. versa. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it lasted. I was on a free trial, though. Roberto's been paying for it how many years, Roberto? Uh, three years already. Yeah, so they canceled it literally an hour after we finished the show, after you guys were singing the praises of the service. So it won't exist anymore after January. So the, I mean, But it is a little bit scary if you're following this cord-cutting universe because people have been saying, well, people will just sign up and stream cable and satellite subscriptions through the internet instead. Well, PlayStation View is shutting down because they were losing so much money uh, because people would sign up for a month at a time you know, if you know you're a big, let's say, football fan, for instance, you sign up and you watch a couple of months of the season and then your team stinks and you're like, you know what, I'll just save the money. I don't need to watch this anymore. And with Disney Plus and HBO Max and Apple TV and all these other different streaming services that are coming to market, in addition to Hulu and Netflix, which are already out there, WWE Network, DAZN, you name it, all these other different streaming services, ESPN Plus, uh, this is going to be a major issue going forward that when you can sign up month by month, people just don't stay signed up for years at a time. They jump from one free service to another, all those different things. I think the cable and satellite bundle is in serious jeopardy uh, as we look forward uh, to the future. All right, what about you, Dub? Which side of the equation are you coming down on in Nats and Astros tonight? I want so bad for Mad Max to throw an absolute masterpiece tonight because I think he's probably the best pitcher of gener of his generation. So I know his health is questioned, but I'm going to go with the Nationals. 
Good stuff. Uh, what about you, Roberto? Which way are you going? Going nuts and seven. Uh, Vince, who helps out here, Danny G with the podcast. He's a Nationals fan, so I'm I'm hoping he he celebrates tonight. The Nats one and seven, and the Astros fans kind of get to feel how I felt when the Dodgers lost Game Seven. At yeah, home. in fact, Vince just got back from a trip home to Washington D.C. He got to go to Game Five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously saw his team not take care of business at home. Can they win? back-to-back on the road again, Clay. It would be amazing. Especially amazing if you are rooting against the Mattress Mac guy who has now bet $20 million on the Houston Astros to win this series. Uh, He continued to bet when they were down 0-2. He looked like a genius when they were up 3-2 coming back home. You want to talk about nervous. We'll see how he does in Game 7. But we'll all be watching. We'll start off the show tomorrow with what happens there. Also, NFL Week 9 coming back. We'll have Thursday Night Football to discuss and our world-famous Halloween candy draft that we do every single year uh, in honor of Halloween. We will open up the phone lines and let you guys draft your own first round of Halloween candy. We'll see what we think, who the risers, who the fallers are, who are the big winners in the Halloween candy draft on OutKick. We do it every thanks every Halloween. We'll do it tomorrow. Thanks for hanging with us. Have a good Wednesday on Outkick. This is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.